what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. One day you will stand before Him. What thoughts will go through your mind? Will there be peace of mind because you've done all that you can for the work of God? Or will you stand before Him and be a little nervous because you've not done all that you should have done? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles, would you turn with me please to the gospel according to St. Matthew. Matthew chapter 3 is where we're going to read from today. Matthew 3, move down if you will to verse 13. Matthew 3 and verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This morning, I want to use for a subject the baptism of Jesus Christ. I want you to journey with me this morning back some 2,000 years ago, down by the river Jordan. If you had looked at this area... You would look at it and say, there's no way that God can move in such a wilderness area. There's no churches, there are no facilities for the people, and God's just not going to move in an area such as this. But let me just present this to you this morning. God can move anywhere we'll give Him an opportunity. Just a couple of weeks ago, we designed these wooden boxes. It says, have a CD, courtesy of Friendship Church. It has the address on there and the website, Facebook information. And in the past two weeks, several of these boxes have been put in restaurants in the area. And up to today, we've had about 50 CDs to go out through these four or five little restaurants. And that's just in a couple of weeks. Now, you think of that. God can move anywhere we give Him 
an opportunity. Glory to God. And I'm believing He's going to move through restaurants, nursing homes, dry cleaners, stores. And God can do mighty things if we'll give Him the opportunity. But I want you to get this picture, if you will. Here we are in the middle of the wilderness. Had you been there, you would have seen a man wearing some weird camel's hair with a leather girdle around him and eating locust and wild honey. You'd have heard a man out in the wilderness preaching to the trees. Preaching to himself. And you would look at this and you would say, that man's a little bit touched. And my friend, you would be right, because he was touched of God. And they tell us today, preachers just starting out, they'll, they'll tell you, prepare your sermon. Get in front of the mirror and preach your sermon. Record yourself. You've got, we got cell phones and stuff today where you can record. Record yourself preaching. And then when you're done with your sermon, go back and listen to it. And critique the sermon. Do away with a lot of the awe uh, and, and uh, uh, good grace. Of I remember the first sermon I preached in front of people. It was over an hour long. If when you, when you got rid of all the ahs and the and 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 the ahs and the and the other ahs and oh it was just awful. That, there's a reason why they tell you to stand in front of a mirror and do this thing. Lord, have mercy. There's been a many a sermon preached on a lawnmower. Lawnmower theology. Oh, I remember back in the day when I had a job up in Raleigh. 45-minute drive from the house. There was a many a sermon preached behind the steering wheel, just preaching to the windshield. And when I got up there in Raleigh, I started preaching a little bit harder because of some of the people driving around me. You want to say, Brother James, why are you so passionate? It comes from driving up in Raleigh, preaching behind the steering wheel and people cutting me off. <laughs> uh. But John, he's out there preaching to the trees. Like I said, you'd look at that and think it's crazy. It didn't make any sense. But that's what God told John to do. So he starts out, he's just preaching to the squirrels and the trees. But you say, well, Brother James, if he's preaching, ain't no people around, he sure ain't going to get much of a response. Let me tell you, some preachers, some of you just starting out preaching right now, you say, well, Brother James, I stand in front of a mirror, I ain't going to get much of a response. Well, let me tell you, when you stand in front of people, you're not going to get that much of a response either. I had a brother call me up the other day, said, Brother James, I just got through preaching on the radio. Have you preached it so and I said, yes, I have. He said, Brother, it's the weirdest thing I've ever done. There won't nobody there, just a microphone in an empty room. I said, brother, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there. John's out there preaching to the squirrels and the trees. And 
Now, I don't know if this is how it happened, but perhaps there was a little boy down by the riverbank fishing, and all of a sudden he hears John preaching. Laid his fishing pole down, went got some of his buddies, and they come back down there, and they hiding behind the bushes, listening to him. And then they go home and get mom and daddy, and then mom and daddy gets a few more. And to start with, John's preaching, and he don't see nobody. They're all hiding behind the trees and in the bushes. They're just right around the corner listening, but they don't want to be seen. But after a while, so many people start coming, they can't hide behind the trees no more. And all of a sudden, John begins to see some people. Oh, good grace and mercy, y'all. <laughs> I feel this right here. For years, I've been preaching to people I've never seen. But glory to God, they're going to be stepping out behind the trees before long. And not only will I see them, but you too will be seeing them. And it's already started. It's already started. They came to John from Judea, Jerusalem. John's out there preaching one day. There's so many people there. He had, to, he had to step down into the river and finish his sermon. And he's preaching the baptism of repentance. And somebody steps down in the water and says, John, baptize me. And then another one steps down. And another one. And then another one. And then another one. Good grace and mercy. I'm talking about revival. It wasn't planned. It just happened. Glory to God. John's been in the river, Jordan. He's been in the water so long his skin's done drawed up like a prune. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees the one to whom he's been preaching about for so long. What thoughts went through his mind as he stood there and saw Jesus? And someone would probably say, well, Brother James, how did he know that Jesus was the Messiah? How did he know Jesus was God? I don't know. But I believe today, that if Jesus Christ stood before you in the flesh, my friend, somehow or another, you'd know it. You'd know it. And Jesus is standing there in front of John. What thoughts went through his mind? One day you will stand before him. What thoughts will go through your mind? Will there be peace of mind? Because you've done all that you can for the work of God. Or will you stand before Him and be a little nervous because you've not done all that you should have done? But I want to make a point right here. And Diana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. I've skipped over a lot of stuff. But when the Lord showed up, He found John working. And Dan, if you will, pull it up on the screen, Matthew 24, verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so 
doing, doing, working, working for the Lord. When the Lord calls you home, when you draw your last, what will he find you doing? If the rapture of the church were to take place, what would he find you doing? Will you be going about the Father's business or will you be going about your own business? You say, well, Brother James, I've got to work. Yes, I understand that. I have too. But God's got a ministry for you. God's got a ministry for you wherever you are, whether that be on the job or God's given some of you a prison ministry to minister right there in the prison where you are. God's given some of you a nursing home ministry. God's going to give some of you in this place a CD ministry. You just don't know it yet. Oh, God's going to do great things. I just feel that. I believe that. If I can get some of you to believe with me. Well, Brother James, what if it don't happen? I'm still going to believe God. Y'all can come go with me if you want to. All right. When the Lord showed up, he found John doing what he was called of God to do. And Jesus stands there before John to be baptized. And John said, Matthew three fourteen. he said, I have need to be baptized of thee. What was he speaking about? John had been preaching along with the message of repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Along with that, he had been preaching about the Lord coming and baptizing people in the Holy Ghost and fire. John had been preaching it. But he told the Lord, I have need to be baptized of you. He was actually saying, Lord, I need you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, and I want, you to, I want you to think about that. Because here we have a man who was filled with the Spirit, even from his mother's womb, preaching to thousands of people, and yet he saw his need. When he saw the Lord, the first thing he says is, Lord, I have need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And here's a man that's already filled with the Spirit, at least as far as one could be under the Old Covenant. Oh, good grace and mercy, I wish God's people today would see that need for the Holy Ghost and fire within their hearts and lives. Good grace and mercy, if I could get you today to see that, to want that, to desire that, to start asking God to move upon you, to touch you today. Good grace and mercy, we could save the whole world. There's a lack of it today in our churches, unfortunately. John would never receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire because Jesus had not yet gone to Calvary and paid man's sin debt. 
but you and I today. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary, man's sin debt having been paid, it opens the door for you and I to have an even greater moving of the Spirit within our hearts and lives, greater than what John had in his heart and life. And look at what he was able to do with what little bit of the Spirit that he had. And you say, well, Brother James, I just don't believe all that. Well, you know, that, that, that's the biggest problem with a lot of people. You don't believe. Brother James, I just don't believe what you're saying. All right. Well, Dana, put it up on the screen, if you will. Luke 7, 28. Jesus speaking here. For I say unto you, among those that are born among women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Notice this next little phrase. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What was he talking about? He's talking about you and I. Born under the new covenant. Now that the sin debt's been paid, the Holy Spirit is able to come in a new way that He was not able to come before. I'm trying to tell you today that you and I today have greater benefits and greater promises than what John the Baptist had. And my friend, we need to make ourselves available to Him. Jesus said, verse 15, Matthew 3, verse 15, Suffer it to be so now. Let me ask this question. Why would Jesus need to be baptized? Now you think of that. I can understand Joe Soldier walking up to John in the water confessing his sins and John baptizing him. I, I can understand that and all the others. that. But Jesus never sinned. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. He was perfect. But yet, he had to be baptized. You say, I don't understand that, Brother James. A lot of things that were done in the Old Testament they were types and shadows of things that were to come. A lot of them were types and shadows of the cross. And this right here was no different. When Jesus stood there before John, and John had the privilege of placing his hands upon the Lord Jesus Christ and laying him down in that water and bringing him back up. It typified the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It typified the very reason that Jesus came. His ministry would start right here with a foreshadow of what he came to do. And his ministry would end on Calvary's cross when he said, It is finished. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The baptism of Jesus Christ, it symbolized his death, burial, and resurrection exactly the way it does today with you and I when we get baptized right after we get saved. It is an outward expression 
of an inward work. It's simply saying that we identify with Jesus in his death. When Jesus died on Calvary, what I used to be, the old James Pierce, has died. When Jesus was buried, all my sins, everything I ever done that was displeasing to Mama, I mean, that was displeasing to Jesus, everything I ever did that was displeasing to Daddy, everyone I ever did wrong, it's gone. It's washed. It's buried. You know, and if Jesus has allowed it to be buried, you better leave it buried. Don't let other people start digging up stuff that Jesus Christ has already buried. And then when Jesus come up out of that tomb, a new James Pierce, glory to God, came up with him to walk in a newness of life. That's what water baptism is all about for you and I today. All right. He said, verse 15, Matthew 3, It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. This right here was the reason that Jesus came to die on Calvary. When Jesus died on Calvary, in which this baptism was a foreshadow, when Jesus died on Calvary, it opened up the door for every single human being that's ever lived. Whoever would place their faith in Christ and what he did would have God's righteousness. Dana, if you will, go to Romans 8, verses 3 through 4. Romans 8, 3 through 4, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Catch this, verse 4, That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You are righteous today, and it's not because of anything that you've done, but it's all because your faith is properly placed in Christ, who He is and what He did for you at Calvary. In verse 16, Jesus went up straightway out of the water. That right there is proof that when water baptism takes place, it needs to be total submersion down in the water and all the way up. And the Bible says also, verse 16, that the heavens were opened unto him. What does that mean? That means that whatever Jesus had need of from the Father, the heavens was opened up to him. God was going to supply his needs. And let me say this, every single one of you under the sound of my voice today that has placed your faith in Christ and what he did, you identify with Christ. Heaven is also opened unto you, and God said he would supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That also means that one day when you draw your last, heaven will be opened unto you. Matthew three sixteen. once again, when Jesus was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. The heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. I want you to catch this now. Of all the things that Jesus needed after heaven being opened unto him, it was the Holy Spirit that came upon him first of all. And I'm going to say this, 
If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit, where does that leave you and I at today? And there was a voice from heaven, verse 17, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right here in this passage I've just read to you today, we see the Trinity. We have Jesus Christ standing there, the Son of God, before John in the River Jordan. We hear the voice of God the Father in heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. We see the Holy Spirit coming down in a bodily shape like a dove coming upon Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The voice that spoke, this is God the Father now, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Only Jesus Christ pleased God the Father. You within and of yourself, you can't please God. First of all, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But once you place your faith in Christ and you identify with Him, when Jesus Christ pleased the Father, that means that you also pleased the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this is what happened when Jesus was baptized. the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 